Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everybody oh you sound so much better i sound so much better i'm sorry we like honestly debated even skipping this week because over the weekend i had a pretty gnarly sinus infection i still sound not great but i sound a lot better than i did so we're back it could have been a little worse. late it could have been worse yeah um i'm caroline uh this is matt and this is boozing confused boozed and confused was filmed in front of a live studio audience <laughs> with a laugh track yeah. Oh, I there know how much is. you love laugh tracks. There it is. Um, all right. So you've got a me episode today, and I'm just going to say it's fucking wild. I had a totally different topic planned out, and I was like not super into it doing the research. And then I had this topic saved for a while, so I'm, I'm happy to get into it because it blew my mind. Um, but before we do that, you know, we got to do the housekeeping. I'll go through it quick because I'm make just this, yeah I'm make just really excited about today's topic. So um, the first one is we're on all your favorite social medias. All of them. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. MySpace. And we're not on MySpace. Zanga. I want. Oh God. My crazy I sometimes, life. I sometimes think about like my old Zanga, and I'm like, does Zanga it's still out exist? There, I don't know. It's out there somewhere. Oh my shit. I want to believe. Ooh, I got to find your shitty Zanga. Oh God. Okay. Anyways. Um, so if social media is not really your thing, uh, it's slowly becoming not my thing. Uh, you can reach out to us on, uh, email, good old fashioned email, Ooh, a wee mail, a wee mail, boost and confused podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we would love to hear from you. And, um, the next thing on the list is just if you like the pod and you want to support us, the best way that you could do that is by leaving us a review, subscribing, following wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it is super appreciated. I always enjoy reading um, your comments as well. So that's super nice. And um, if you leave a review, even if you tell us to eat shit, um, you know, you could take a screenshot and you could send it to us and we'll send you some boost and confused stickers for free. They're really nice stickers, actually. They're good quality. Um, fuck Sticker Mule. We're going to find like a new sticker vendor um, once it's time for a reorder and maybe like a redesign. But it, it won't be for quite a long while. We have so many. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But Maybe um, we'll start throwing them on like stop signs, stop signs and, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like, Who is boozed and confused? Yeah. Question mark. And then they're going to come arrest us because we defaced. We're like, hey, we know it's you. No. Um, yeah, so you could send us some good stuff and we'll send you some boost and confused stickers in the mail for free. Um, and the last one is what are you drinking? Is that really the last thing already? Yeah. We wow. Just we're like, we're like halfway through the pot already. I know. <laughs> uh, this is another, I'm just, I think I had this last week actually. It's you the did. Bodema, uh, IPA. Bodema, it's just Bodem, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's just Bodem. I wanted the A to be there so bad. Yeah, it's from Half Acre. It's still good. We had so a couple good. left. Yeah. Ooh, 
You're having one. I am having Who'd one. Who'd have thunk? Look <clears throat> at us. What are I'm you gonna having? try really hard not to clear my throat into the mic because I'm sure that's just gonna sound fucking awful. Um, so I'm drinking a lining Kugel, um, but it is not a summer shandy, even though that's being sold in March, which feels heinous. Uh, it's a ju- uh, juicy pear. That's what it's called. It's no, it's peach. Yep. It's a I don't know peach. how to read. It, <laughs> if if you know what a Peachio peach tastes like <laughs> tastes like no no like a peach candy ring oh yeah it's like a sour yeah. version of that yeah but it has a finish that reminds me of like a berry weiss yeah that's a really good description actually i it's just so sweet it's like a dessert so i'm i'm really thoroughly enjoying it but um yeah yeah, mine's just an IPA. It's a good IPA. Don't yeah, get it twisted. It I like a good. I've been I've been very into the IPAs as of lately. Um, this one is a very good one. Yeah, I love anything from Half Acre to be honest, and they will make some beers that will fuck you up before you realize it. Sign me like up. Like you go to stand up to go to the bathroom and you're like, I'm in trouble. That's what some of their beers are like. Hee <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> um. Okay. So I think without further ado, let's just get into it. Much ado about nothing. Uh, I'm going to start this episode off by saying, uh, if you don't know what a Trapper Keeper is, I think this episode is too young for you. You know what I realized? What? Um, my students, um, even like the older ones, they were born in 2005. Stop it. 2005. Stop. And Stop. you know what? You're there in high school? Like a junior. Yeah. I know it's disturbing. I like I get um, put back in my place every time I see those signs up on the wall where it's like if you were born before this year, um, like you can't buy alcohol. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I forget. That's a good reminder of how old I am. <laughs> where do we have that day trip for my birthday? Uh, up in Michigan, maybe. When, when you were like, ooh, you want to do this, don't you, Matt? Oh, we were in Geneva, Illinois. It was one or the other. It was one of those generic, yeah, touristy little small towns. Yeah. We went to a um, what you call it? A um, antique Brewery? store? No, oh. an antique store. It, either one of those would be accurate with how we travel. An antique store, and there was this great like Ham's beer. You must be this old sign. But it was like 1972. You know, you must yeah. be that day of 1972. For me, it was like 1989. I was like, wow, I'm an adult now. Now it's like, God damn, stop. Yeah, yeah. Stop. <laughs> stop. I'd, r- I'd rather not be reminded of how old I am. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe this episode isn't too young for you. Maybe... You know who Lisa Frank is. I think Lisa Frank like made a slight comeback in like the 2010s at some point. Um, but mostly everybody probably knows Lisa Frank's like iconic designs. It's, it's like, like pretty unmistakable. The like rainbow dolphin school folder. Yeah. It's like the brightly colored unicorns that are like 
swimming with like neon dolphins and they all rainbows rainbows rainbow shooting out of out of their, their buttholes butts. yeah yeah never got into and oh no 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 <laughs> also oh, i'm no, just gonna start no. the episode oh. with this um if you're like matt and frank and lisa frank have no relation <sighs> just to save I, you the google don't expose me so i'm gonna get canceled <laughs> Um, well, I think Lisa Frank is just uh, such an old name that we're not used to anymore. So, yeah, Lisa. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what uh, our precious little selves didn't really know in the 80s and 90s, hopefully when we were all in school, is that there was like a lot of darkness behind what was such a colorful brand. Uh, so, let's talk a little bit about Lisa and like her background. What did Lisa do? So, turns out uh you know she came from a rich as fuck family in detroit her dad was in the auto industry which is not shocking in detroit but very lucrative um so he ran a company called detroit aluminum and brass which was like a publicly traded family company that her grandfather started uh in like the 20s and this company manufactured like automatic transmission components uh, and some other shit. I'm not very car savvy. Um, So just to like put it into perspective of how wealthy they were from this company, this company was the only company in the U.S. that was uh, making engine bearings for tanks that were used during World War II. I'm going to say there were a lot of tanks used in World War II. Yeah. Uh, And the bearings, just those like the little. The little, yeah. Wow. That's the way you got to do it if you're in manufacturing. You just got to find like one little niche and just like do it really well. I knew a guy uh, in a, in, when I was younger who was stupidly wealthy. Uh, it's because his dad had a factory line where they made belts for factory fans. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And then he took over the company and then like just like sold it and just made millions of dollars. Yeah. That's, the end. I mean, that's how you do it. You find like one little niche and you just run with it. What a guy. Yeah. Uh, but also for those of us in the U.S., we know that there's nothing more lucrative uh, than supplying the U.S. with like some military supplies. You know, just put like a 700% markup on it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't uh, the U.S. have like a huge boom yeah. After uh, the wars. Yeah. That's why they say like wars are good for the economy. It's not. I mean, maybe depends on where I you're at. I don't know about that right now. <clears throat> so she, uh, Lisa Frank, started her entrepreneurial side when she was at uh, the University of Arizona. And she started this jewelry line called Sticky Fingers. And her life is just so interesting because it's so private. There's like not a ton of details about things. Um, but this jewelry line specialized in like colorful fruit and like novelty character pendants. Uh, at some point she somehow got the rights to use characters like Betty Boop. Oh, I hate Betty Boop. Yeah, I know. I, I had a feeling you did. But she sold her jewelry in stores like Neiman Marcus and Bloomingdale's. If you guys have ever seen the meme that's like how to draw an owl in four steps and it's like draw two circles, draw, two circles, draw the rest of the fucking owl. Draw the owl. That's literally what her like backstory is. It's like, oh, I started to sell art designs in school and then I made jewelry and then I was selling shit in like fucking Bloomingdale's. So is that still around? 
Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's. You know, I actually What is Bloomingdale's? I think it's a department store. Well, I those are doing m- so well these days. Oh, don't remind me. I still miss Carson's. Um, yeah, so obviously she like finds success with her jewelry and she's like, wow, I should do more, um, which good for you, Lisa. So she like branches out and starts making stickers and like the stickers are what launches the Lisa Frank Incorporated brand. So she started Lisa Frank Inc. in 1979 at the age of 24. 24. What were you doing when you were 24? Um, I think I was trying to get you to propose to me. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and you, oh. that's a that's a story for that's another day. That's a different day. episode of the but, podcast. Uh, yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're 24, like 24, yeah, come on now. Yeah. If you're like, man, I'm I'm 37. I've done nothing with my life. Uh, just remember, you probably weren't born to a wealthy as fuck family uh, that helped you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> Wasn't I just telling you we were talking about that stupid toy with the cat on the Roomba? Yeah. What about it? Playing that dumb music, and then I brought yeah. up that dumb LMFAO band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I'm pretty sure that one of yeah. their, uh, <laughs> one of the guys from the band's like uncle was like the head of the record label. Yeah. Or something along that line where it's like, hey, Unc, let me get in on this record label you yeah. got here. It's just like a little weekend project just ha. for funsies. You kids and your ha hippie ha. hop music, you go crazy. <laughs> Here's a million dollars, kid. Oh, my God. Yeah. Small loan of a million dollars. Uh, so Lisa Frank Incorporated really just starts out with like the stickers and that's that's kind of it most of the designs of her merch were um being done through like an airbrush technique which was really interesting and i didn't know um you know it took anywhere from like nine to 36 hours to do one design so she said in an interview once that an individual sticker took an average of a minimum of three months to come to completion which is insane like from like ideation to full execution to like getting ready to sell it three months minimum this one's gonna be a dolphin that's smiling <laughs> at a cat who is jumping over the moon yeah and the moon is doing some stuff the and moon's smiling down oh and everything's purple yeah oh god oh god yeah i i actually just googled like lisa frank designs and um that was a lot of nostalgia and I wasn't ready for that much color coming from somebody who really just wears uh, sweatpants and graphic tees of, uh, I don't know, very bare minimum colors. So it's not really until like 1987 that Lisa Frank, the company, took off because her school supplies, uh, they all had like super original designs. And I think that's what we like know and love Lisa Frank by, um, you know, like Panda Painter. A good classic. Ooh, you know what? I've I've been Googling Lisa Frank pictures. Yeah. And I am going so far back into my childhood. I never enjoyed myself having these. I never had these. I just had like the dollar folders. It was yeah, like red, yeah. blue, yeah. yellow, purple, maybe green. If it, if it lasted through like the entire school year, you were lucky. No, it would always last. It would always last. Um. Yeah. Well, well so... Unfortunately for 
people like Matt who couldn't indulge. Uh, she went on to sell folders and pencil cases and erasers and trapper keepers and notebooks. I just want to know how many fucking people are listening to this podcast going, what is a trapper keeper? <laughs> Don't tell me. I'm currently looking at a Baphomet Lisa Frank design. Yeah. Like a like a satanic. It's great. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm sure it is. Wow. No, it's you know what? I was supposed to say I never wanted this stuff. Maybe uh maybe it'll make a comeback. Who knows? I never wanted it. I still don't want it. I don't know. I'm kind of into it. So uh things got so popular that like they took over $60 million in gross sales during like their peak in the 90s, which is pretty successful for a fucking like school supply, I don't know, company, which is what they became. To be fair, it's constant business. Yeah, true. I'm pretty sure I saw Target with their um, back to school section starting to fill up. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Next to the Christmas stuff. Yeah, of course. And Halloween on clearance. Uh, yeah, so the business, you know, they're like really doing well. It gets so large. They make Tucson, Arizona, their headquarters, and they have a, a building that's like 320,000 square feet, which is insane. Uh, so in that time, kind of speaking of the 90s, uh, James Green is named as the president and CEO of Lisa Frank, Inc., which is, you know, good for him. Good for him. So he started working at the company in 1982, and he was the company's first in-house illustrator and designer. So, like, really made his way up there. So shortly after he begins this, like, romantic relationship with uh, Lisa Frank, uh, which started sometime in, like, I don't know, uh, 83, 84, uh, he starts to move up the corporate ladder and he became like an officer of the business in 1988 and then was named to being president in 1992. Uh, so Lisa and James have this like very modern love story. You know, it's like successful businessman and successful businesswoman meet and they fall in love and they get married in 1994. And one of their parents is Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're a Hallmark movie, uh, somebody's definitely Santa. So they end up having two kids together, Hunter and Forrest. Oh, it gets worse. No, I knew a kid named Hunter in grade school. Yeah, it gets worse. So uh, their kids were born in 95 and 99. And for any of the Lisa Frank fans out there, uh, you probably already caught this, but uh, her kids were named after two Lisa Frank Incorporated characters. <laughs> Stop. They had names. The yeah. characters had names. Yeah. Didn't we just talk about uh, Painter Panda or Panda Painter, whatever the hell it was called? I, I thought just that was just like I because, thought it was a joke. Because the panda was holding a paintbrush. <laughs> Veronica had a very funny joke today. <laughs> the Veronica Van. Anyway, so uh, employees, uh, you know, like they get employees that they were and every office job has this. Uh, everybody loved to fucking gossip, uh, especially when you work in a place that's as batshit insane as this is. So uh, employees said that their relationship seemed like flashy. They had like very flashy cars. They had their own 12 seat twin engine plane, which kind of seems excessive. Uh, you know, those a mansion. are the ones that crash. No, thank well, you. Yeah, no, that is why I will never get on a small plane like that. But, 
they also had a mansion that um, was a, quote, monstrosity of a house, maybe just for size, but also it was described as purple and yellow and hot pink and light green and orange. I just really like the colors. <laughs> uh, and I also kind of want everybody to keep in mind why I'm pointing out these like very luxurious things that they had for, uh, I mean, a business that was doing well, but maybe not doing that well, you know? No, no, they're doing great. She's like, it's back to school yeah. time. You know what that means? <laughs> I'm sure there was some seasonality to this. This is lawnmower giraffe. <laughs> I'd buy that. <laughs> he uses his long neck and he actually he actually stands on his hind legs. But the grass is like neon purple. Yeah. Well, and there's stars everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's nighttime and the sun is out. <laughs> and there's dolphins still. And they're holding hands. They have thumbs. <laughs> oh god don't make me laugh because i'm gonna start coughing um so it's in this time that lisa's like you know what i just want to be home with my kids more which like isn't uncommon and good for her uh she didn't really have any interest in being a businesswoman uh she was just kind of an artist at heart so she relinquishes her day-to-day management of the company to james and executive vp Rhonda rowlett she also grants James 49% of the shareholdings. So when she did work, she just worked from home and she was like rarely in the physical office. Way ahead of the work. Well, I was just going to say like a yeah. woman of the future. Yeah. But also you got to remember this is like, um, you know, the, the 2000s. So. So anything 90s, was the 2000s, future. Yeah. Anything was the future then. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure. Well, if she's working from home and nobody else is home, I'm sure nobody picked up the phone and ruined the Internet connection for her. But Uh, what's really, I think I said this before, but like, what's really, really interesting to me is like Lisa tried to keep things so private in her life to the point where like, she doesn't really do interviews. It's really hard to find pictures of her online. The last interview I could find was from 2012. Um, she did that with Urban Outfitters and I think she actually made them like, um, like block her face out like you would if you're watching a crime show and they have like a witness <laughs> wow yeah it's it's very very interesting and um i was reading that she was very addicted to how she looked um so she was like very consumed in staying thin and like trying to like stay looking younger so that could also be like maybe she's not aging well in her mind uh maybe she you know tried to stay young by getting plastic surgery and it didn't go well you know who who knows who knows i feel like the aging thing i mean we're both very blessed with like i think looking very young i look like a child i literally when i'm out with the executive producer oh yeah you get some pretty nice i look like a teen mom for the record, if I didn't have facial hair, I would probably also look, look like a teen. I'd parent. maybe look. No, no, I've got enough wrinkles now. I've got some wrinkles now, but and so do I. Moisturizing has been the key to um, fighting off the wrinkles. Yeah, you're welcome. I have bags under my eyes that scream. I haven't slept in ten years, and we've only had a baby for like less than one. So that's great. Um, so it's with this business move that she made of like giving most of her shit over to her husband that things really started to take more of a tumble. So like I said, she wasn't the best business person. So the company was kind of already a little bit shaky. But once she handed most of everything over to James and uh, Rhonda, like it just fucking 
like flew off a cliff of how Blah. bad it was. <laughs> right. So once that happened, employees expressed a lot of concern about like what would come of the business. And it's not like they were wrong, obviously, because like look at where Lisa Frank is today. Um, but Lisa Frank was like not a good company to work for. And that's putting it nicely. They didn't give their employees a discount. Well, God, I don't know. I feel like that would be like if I were to work at Culver's, I don't think I'd want to eat at Culver's ever again. So I don't know. I don't feel like the employees of Lisa Frank were like the target demographic of Lisa Frank school products. Um, but the word around Tucson, because remember that was where they were headquartered, uh, was that you don't want to work for Lisa Frank. It was like very lowly regarded throughout the community. And a former employee said, quote, every person who ever worked there seemed to have a case of PTSD from it. Oh, no. Uh, a lot of outfits, outfits, a lot of. <laughs> what do they have to wear? You have to wear pink overalls and a, and a yellow sash and purple yeah. shoes. And you need to have one of the designs on it. So like, here's the panda. <laughs> so He's called weird. painter because he paints. Um. This one's called driver because do you want to know why? why? Because they drive. <laughs> a lot of the outlets that I've read articles from, most of them are based in uh, Arizona and Tucson, obviously, but um, they call it the Rainbow Gulag. I debated titling today's episode the Rainbow Gulag, but I felt that was maybe a little insensitive. Um, to rainbows? Yeah. So uh, we did not go with that topic. All choice. right. Touche. But what made it such a bad place to work? You know, um, it's not like they had Glassdoor back then. I I don't think. I I'm don't gonna fucking know. Actually, I'm don't gonna bet. Me. I'm gonna bet that every square inch of the like the factory was covered in Lisa Frank posters, and instead of like those those sterile halogen lights it was all black light so everything just glowed the wrong color that i feel like would actually be classified under like um torture yeah it's beautiful yeah <laughs> it's beautiful i love black lights um i'm gonna steal part of an article i have it linked in the show notes it's a really good read um and there's more detail in there than what i'm giving for everything but um highly recommend going through the show notes if today's topic interests you. So there was a, a big emphasis on productivity, but uh, the rules that were implemented were like counterproductive to having like a creative environment uh, for everybody in the office. So according to former employees, the office was a place of silence and coworkers were not allowed to speak to one another. Uh, the management secretly and illegally recorded phone calls an inter-office bi-monthly publication called Frankly Speaking. <laughs> no. <laughs> I knew you were going to hate that. I hate it. <laughs> uh, informed employees of how they were to behave, particularly regarding how they were expected to interact with their boss, CEA, CEA, CEO, James Green. Is that a thing? Is a CEA a thing? Um, I don't think so. 
I don't think so. Nobody quote me on that, though. Uh, memos were frequently circulated with new, increasingly restrictive company policies. No visitors, including family members, were allowed, and the penalty for any violations ranged from verbal abuse to name-calling to screaming to automatic termination to even more bizarre restrictions. Would Lisa Frank scream at me? Um, Lisa Frank probably would scream at you. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not... You're not intimidated. I'm not intimidated. I'm not. I mean, a lot lie. of it would come from James Green, her husband. Is so. James Green intimidating? Is he a scary boy? Well, um, I mean, you could Google. Is he an ex-Nazi? No. Is that the twist? No, that's not Ooh, the twist. This is twist. not like an M Night Shyamalan episode. The trees are killing people. Oh no! <laughs> so, uh, there's like one encounter that a former employee talked about where um, James Green discovered that someone left the office 10 minutes early and he was enraged and he instructed the warehouse manager to put chains and padlocks on all the downstairs doors so that the staff can't escape. Do you use the word escape? Yes. (laughs) That's like, first of all, a huge fire hazard, obviously very illegal, but also you have to be completely insane. Uh, to bit. do that a little bit so um people who worked there obviously were not happy and the people who tried to leave had a really difficult time um so the company like when you were trying to leave the company wouldn't give like severance packages um if you were to file for like unemployment they would fight that so that you wouldn't get the benefits um former employees said that they had to sue for their final paychecks or like sales commissions um you know they have a ton of like civil judgments and like lawsuits from former employees which is insane to me so in addition to like the bad publicity that stemmed from all these lawsuits uh you know There were local contractors and builders who said they hadn't been paid for like $4 million worth of um, work on the company's headquarters in Tucson. And, you know, they had obviously very high turnover rate problems. Like, I think at one point they said um, for one employee in the four years that he was employed in this like 40 person creative department, he said that the group had changed over at least two or three times. Um, and like one year, almost a third of, uh, the entire staff turned over. And he said like almost 80 people walked out of the door between February, 2003 and December, 2004, uh, most without even giving notice because they were treated so poorly, which is not shocking i would love for this to be happening during present day when there's like the great resignation um just to see what like people would say on linkedin i don't know i was just gonna re-comment that uh, like ha this is really a future leaning company with the whole like torture you know like torturous uh sad uh, status uh standards for you know the workers yeah no, I uh, <clears throat> think that they were really ahead of their times there. Um, yeah, so people who left, with especially without notice, um, most of them cited that there were, like, you know, uh, flared-tempered firings where, like, James Green would just get mad at people and fire them, um, hence why he would probably also try to fight their unemployment benefits. Um but when asked the root problem of the company, former employees, uh, some who spoke directly to this place 
the article that I'm um, getting a lot of this information from, they went on record in court uh, and said that it all went back to James Green. A lot of them described him as like a dick, uh, straight up just a dick. So speaking of lawsuits, uh, in 2005, there's like 16 people who had worked uh, for or with the Lisa Frank company in like different capacities. They all submitted sworn affidavits in a lawsuit against Green um, saying that he was just like a terrible manager, but that allegedly he was prone to fits of rage, uh, loud profanity laden outbursts where he would like publicly berate people, uh, including his then wife. Lisa Frank, um, he was described as abusive, arrogant, and extremely difficult to work with. Uh, Several former employees also witnessed Green throwing chairs and other objects in the office. I just want to say, as somebody with a a big potty mouth, um, the mouth of a sailor. Is it me? It's me. It's definitely (laughs) you. Um, I would never, ever use that kind of language against somebody that I'm managing or like anybody in a workplace actually that's just uncalled for but uh to like just really drive it home of what a fucking dick uh green was he wouldn't even learn employees' names, like, I think purposely. Uh, so he would just give them his own nicknames. Apparently, there was, like, a female employee. This is, like, described by one of her former colleagues as, like, not the most attractive girl. Uh, and Green called her that guy. That guy. Yeah. Um, which is not nice. So it was speculated, and like, off mic, Matt just asked me, like, oh, is he short? Um, so it's speculated that Green had a Napoleon complex. Can I just jump in? Yes. Napoleon was not short. That sounds like some real short guy energy. Napoleon there. was an average height man at the time. <laughs> they were all short. All right. They how were tall? all short. The how? Napoleon complex is a lie. <laughs> how tall was he? Five foot three. <laughs> five foot three. Five foot. I think Napoleon was actually like five foot seven yeah that's which not in short. the time period isn't that bad no no and you know what in this time period they're a king in this economy <laughs> i told you the other day that that's i'm gonna bike to work tomorrow because i have yeah. to because yeah. there's reasons and yeah, then you yeah, go yeah. in this economy i go yeah, exactly yes. <laughs> in this economy this is the economy where you do bike to work yeah Uh, Anyways, getting back to the Napoleon complex. So an example of this is shown by like he wouldn't let people who worked with him directly wear heels. And he said that it was like, oh, you can't keep up with me as I'm walking. But like realistically, he didn't want any woman to be taller than him. So in case that like paints a picture of like how insecure this man is and like just truly what a piece of shit he is. uh, Yeah, I hope I hope that does it for you. Yeah. All right. So Green obviously is like not very well loved. But what about Rhonda Rollette, the VP? Let's pause. Can we retitle this episode? What's his name? James Green. James Green is short. (laughs) Can we just rename this? James Green is five foot three. Yeah. Is he really? Oh, no. I have no idea. I'm trying to figure that out right now. Um, So Rhonda was described as being the Darth Vader to Green's emperor. So so tall. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, so apparently Green had used her to like maintain control of the employees and she'd consistently bring employees into her office to like threaten them and harass them like a good VP of a company does. Yeah. She goes, oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to yell at them a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's great. Uh, I mean, she's kind of a trash person, too, but she was also on the receiving end of Green's abuse. So um, multiple times, like employees stated that they had heard him screaming at her, calling her like fat or stupid or belittling her. So like really everybody is feeling Green's wrath um, because I'm so short. Who put holes in my belt? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and like any good business person. Uh, you know, in a higher position, Green and Rollette were apparently huge cokeheads. Uh, they were like there super into coke, which I feel like to work at Lisa Frank to be in that business, you might have to be. Yeah, I don't so, know. This is a great design. It's it's literally a freaking koala <laughs> in a tree, but the tree is is just glowing green and yellow. And the tree has hands. Oh, uh, and there's <laughs> dolphins again. The tree's hands are dolphins. <laughs> They're holding their tails, but the tails have thumbs. Oh, God. oh yeah. So uh, I have like a quote here from an employee uh, about the Coke use. There would be days when James would just come down to the art department super sweaty, super paranoid, and just like <laughs> <laughs> walking really fast back and forth through the design area. And there was nothing to be stressed about. It was just like a regular day. Yeah, when you're on coke, there's everything to be stressed about, I think. Uh, and so the same employee recounts a story where Rowlett, like, couldn't even stand up straight one day after she came into the office, like, pretty fucked up on coke, apparently, too. So don't coke and drive, guys. Just Or maybe she took public transit. Just I don't take know. an Uber. Yeah. That's what you do in the future. Yeah, that's what you can do in the future. Um, so one former employee recounted a story online uh, from a colleague of hers. So it's like a... A heard through a person who heard through a person. It's um, called a grapevine. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, Green had sent her with an unmarked box or like a paper bag uh, to meet someone at a gas station or a parking lot. And I guess this happened on numerous occasions. Um, she was supposed to exchange her package for theirs and like not look inside. Wink, wink. <laughs> was the package uh, just like... Like Lisa Frank wrapping paper. <laughs> and I like to imagine written on it says like definitely not Coke <laughs> or mm. money for Coke. <laughs> uh, but there were a lot of rumors and like obviously a couple incidents about their Coke use. So I I think we know what was inside. Um, but he allegedly also had her buy his Viagra and his porn. Because not only was he short, he also had a non-functioning penis. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I said the P word. Oh, my God. Ooh. Wow. Shut it down. Shut it down. We're done. Well, here. I'm an adult now. I'm an adult. I'm 30 something years old. Good ah. good, good for you. I'm not saying the word. Pinor. Yeah. yeah. Pinor. Yep. Uh, but also like the great business people that they were high on Coke while Frank was home taking care of her children. Uh, Green and Rollout were having an affair, which with is not on shocking. each other. Yeah, no, no, no. With each other. Yeah. On each other. With, for each with other each, with with each other they were they were having an affair with each other with yeah because of each other yes 
Yeah. So this is a huge driving point in Frank deciding to divorce Green in September of 2005. And there's a ton of public court documents if you're interested in this. Some of the shit in there is wild. But um, she states that the precise date was unknown, but Green and Rollett uh, formed a close personal bond and a secret partnership. Um, and people that were close to her said, like, you know, this is her way out because she was obviously also subjected to his abuse for years. Also, he was a little bit taller. Than her? No, I'm just... Oh, you're Anyone's just, oh. taller <laughs> oh, than I Green. See. I feel like James you're just Green. very determined to see how tall he is. I just... I, I Googled it, James Green height, and I got 5'9", but it's like a wrestler. Yeah. No. Maybe, maybe that's close. Uh, but after they start the divorce process, she starts coming into the office more and taking a more active role in the company because, like, remember, she pretty much gave up fucking everything to her husband and she gave up, like, 49% of holdings to her husband. So, um, because everyone involved in this is so fucking childish, once this started happening, Green could tell that his wife wanted him out. So he and Rowlett started this like pick a side thing to employees. Um, and he said that if he were kicked out, he would go start his own company. So it was pretty much like if I leave, are you going to follow me or are you going to stay here? Um, what's also interesting is other employees had said that for like years before this happened, before I think Lisa really even had kids and like started staying home more, um, she would apparently randomly ask employees like, oh, if James and I were to divorce, um, how would you feel? Would you would you stay working at the company? Hypothetical. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, <laughs> if if I divorced my husband, would you still work with me? <laughs> even though I also suck. Would you be sad? <laughs> Would you want to get drinks and talk yeah. about it afterwards? Yeah. Um, I think one of maybe the craziest things to come from this is that Green claimed that Frank hired an outside IT consultant to provide her with like direct access to all company emails, uh, which she used to monitor communications, obviously, and delete and redirect emails, which he said created a siege-like atmosphere, which is also ironic because he had former IT employees um, like bugging people's phones on his request. I still don't get how that shit works. Yeah, I don't know. It's like the Spider-Man meme, basically. Uh, but obviously, like most divorces, this gets pretty fucking messy pretty quick because... It's a big business. Uh, so at one point, she had like a temporary restraining order against Green to keep him away from the business. And so he would stop removing assets from the company. So please come and take like Green and Rowlett and Rowlett's ex- secretary out of the building. So she's finally CEO again. Good for you, Lisa Frank. Um, but she spent so much fucking time in the 2000s in litigation with Green and Rowlett, which was obviously very expensive. She neglected the business and, like, what the original vision was. So, apparently, they wanted to be, like, a big rival to Disney. They wanted to do, like, a explode in merch and, like, Mm-mm. movies and theme park. And, yeah, obviously, with, it did not happen. With this color palette? <laughs> in this economy? In this economy. <laughs> do you know what climate change is doing right now? You know how much more we'd have with those color schemes yeah. just sitting in garbage dumps. Yeah. We can't we can't pulling do that. Pulling in all that heat. We can't do that. Florida won't survive. Oh, maybe. Uh, Dump it all. Sign me up. <laughs> um so this article that's in the the show notes, I think it's the Jezebel 
article. Um, it goes through all of the different court battles that they have, and it's insane how many that there are. I won't go through all of them and uh, bore you, but if you're interested, there's like nine lawsuits with details in it. Uh, but just like give it a look. Uh, those are all like the business ones. And remember, throughout all of this, they're still in the middle of a divorce. And apparently the divorce and the relationship is like so dysfunctional. They couldn't even come to agreements on things like the kids taking vacations without like having lawyers needing to intervene. That's how bad it was. Those right there are marriage goals. Yeah. Don't care what anyone says. Yeah, exactly. So because the business goes down the shitter, she obviously needs to reduce staff, uh, you know, of whoever actually stayed. Uh, and she enters into an exclusive licensing agreement in 2010 with a company called CSS Industries. Uh, and she contracted with them to like manufacture and sell Lisa Frank products. And former employees said that's when they knew things were really bad because um, she would have never done that like pre giving everything over to green. Um, but apparently her uh, licensing deal didn't go well. Because uh, guess what she did? What'd she do? In 2012, she sued them. Oh, <laughs> she not, sued them too. <laughs> that can't be like a one size fits all action. Well, apparently it is. And also we're American and we're so happy over here. So uh, the most recent update for the business is that like some of the products were being sold in Urban Outfitters, which is probably 10 years ago. Uh, and you can actually buy some of their clothing merch, uh, you know, online from them. But that's kind of bad. I did just find their Instagram and they've got some Crocs looking stuff. Yeah. Like like Croc. The things you jam in the holes yeah, the on, little on your Crocs besides yeah. your feet. I'm so I'm so angry that Crocs became like a thing. Um, Is I've, it true that you can melt them and eat them? Excuse you, what? I heard that was a thing. No, this is one of those things where the <laughs> where like you hear on the Didn't news Marilyn like ten Manson kids died. A rib? Yep, there you go. It's. Uh, it, mm. I'm gonna look this up about Crocs to see if it's true or not. Um, I I see that there are some Lisa Frank. What are these? Yeah, I gotta sign in. I don't, I'm not gonna do that. But like a lot of cookies, like the uh-huh. like the cookie tubes, you cut them. Yeah. Um, a lot of Crocs. Yeah. Um, hashtag collect them all. Hashtag you gotta have it. Hashtag Lisa Frank forever. Yeah. So I was telling Matt also um, off mic at one point that her son, one of Lisa's sons, I think is like head of business development or something of the company now. So he's probably the one that's still in charge of the Instagram is my guess and most of the business decisions. Um, but let's do a little uh, where are they now for James Green. Um, you're going to love this. So he was Jewish. He converted to Christianity and he sells religious based stationery and T-shirt designs on his website, James Christian Man. Dot com. I'm going to it right now. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to it right now. If I don't see a dolphin <laughs> holding hands with Jesus, I'm not buying nothing. Um, he also apparently shares his poetry and his photography and sculptures. How? What is that? I didn't actually oh, go to the site. My. How bad is that? I'm not. I'm. Oh, hold on. This is bad. 
Um, and I will just say the business adventure of his is compared to the South Park episode where Cartman starts a uh, Christian boy band just to take advantage of people. Faith plus one. Yeah, exactly. Um, because a lot of former employees were like, he is like one of the least uh, religious based people that we've ever met. So it kind of just seems like a scam. Um, but guess who the VP of his company is? Lisa Frank. No, it's Rhonda Rowlett. Who the hell is Rhonda Rowlett? The person he was having an affair with. Oh, he was the VP. I, th- I was thinking of Rhonda Rousey. Oh my God. Well, she's a trash human being too. So yeah, um, that's today's episode. I'm going to go look at jameschristianman.com. Um, oh my, he's got a $65 t-shirt. It's an artistic ministry for Christians to magnify the Lord and a mission to speak for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look, I'm all for that. That's great. Uh, these shirts, they're not great. Um, no, they're not. They're, they're, was it a tagline? Yeah. A motto? A fool yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah. This Testimonials. Is, this is pretty bad. This has to be a front for something. That's what His I'm thinking. Coke addiction. Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna say. Is my suffering has led to my salvation. They, you know, that's a nice phrase. You know what? I'll buy five. Yeah, I'll I'm, buy uh, five. Oh, it's just very cringy. It's very cringy. These t-shirts are the hat. Salvation. These. <laughs> $65. Yeah, why? There's a t-shirt that's $95. Shut up. Oh, it is. It's a cross T. There's one that's $125. It's you a t-shirt. It's a legit a t-shirt. Me. It's a t-shirt. You cannot tell me this is not a fucking front for something. This is a t-shirt. He literally did a word cloud of a bunch of religious words and put it over a cross and then had the audacity to ask for $125 for it. Ooh, I see that. And you know what? It's out of stock. God, this is oh, this is awful. Well, it, 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 there's a ring of hell for people who do stuff like this. Yeah, I I agree. But also, I don't really understand. He has 104,000 people who like his Facebook page. I have to believe that those are mostly fake. Because also you'd, the you'd Instagram is not nah, real. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. And you know what? These are Gildan shirts. They're not even like. <gasps> the Twitter account was suspended. Twitter suspends accounts that violate the Twitter rules. Where was oh. he January 6th? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Would love to know. Um. All right. Well, I think that's it. I had to get my credit card. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know the numbers like have, you do. I have the card memorized. Not um, me. That's better that way. Well, it is Wednesday. By the time y'all listen to this, it will probably be Thursday or later. Um, so maybe we'll do an episode next week. Maybe we won't. It kind of see depends on I guess like what the weekend is like. Which one of us is gonna have a like head cold or Yeah. Exactly. Sinus infection. Or yeah, that sinus infection was pretty awful. Low-key thought I had COVID for a second. I, I took some tests. I, I didn't, but yeah. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us this week. Uh, if you listened this long to my raspy-ass voice, thank uh, you. Uh, homie. <laughs> homie. <laughs> and we'll, we will see you next week. Or, or not. I don't know. We'll see you at some point. Yeah, we'll see how we feel. We'll Bye. see you when you see it. Bye.